ladies and gentlemen, we are back after a long hiatus. Ricky's cruise is finally done. We are back here in the uh, in the HR hot seat, ready to bring the human resourcing back to your human lives. That's right. I'm JC. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm in the ship. Are you in the ship? Next to me is oh, the man, yeah. the myth, the legend, the guy, the HR guy, Ricky Bias. JC, happy 2022, dude. And that's that's what I got. It's a brand new year. How's it feel? <laughs> It feels just like last year. It's just a different number. You know, this is this is the part of the year that I that I dread the most. Is it is it because of work? Nah. Is it because it, it it's a bunch of other things happening politically or things happening around the world? No. This is the time of year that I dread because when I sign letters, I really have to focus on writing two two instead of two one <laughs> for the next five weeks or so. Payroll, and, make sure you get that one right. Payroll, make you sure that you right, get that dude. right. You know, <laughs> hey, we paid you in the past, <laughs> <laughs> like a year ago. We paid you. Oh, hey, dude, ladies man. and gentlemen, without further ado, you know what time it is. Let's let you see life from another perspective. They can expand the mind and awareness. These. Are inspirational quotes. It's Ricky Bias. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Your first inspirational quote of 2022 with Ricky Bias. This is me padding time to give him an opportunity to be ready with a quote. We've got the thumbs up. Here he comes. 2019 was awesome. 2020, it was a wake up call. 2021 completely ruined our expectations. 2022, expect the worst and you'll never be disappointed. Expect the worst and you won't be disappointed. It sounds like Ricky Baez read the uh, jobs report Friday. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> wow. He is ready for the show today, ladies and gentlemen. Fantastic times from a fantastic man. Ricky, we've got a lot to cover. There's been a lot going on. Uh, we have been away for a couple months, ladies and gentlemen. As you know, we do not really a couple months. It's only been a few weeks, to tell you the truth. We had a small hiatus there after Thanksgiving and then we came back, had a brief show um, with the um, uh, with with some people in human resources from Buffalo, you know, staffing firm there. Great, great people, very good stuff, very big things. And then now, uh, Ricky just returned from his round the world cruise. Round the world cruise. That's right, unbelievable. I don't know where you went or how you did it. Rumor has it you were actually spotted in San Juan. So um, I don't know where I don't know how I did it neither there, JC, because I didn't know I was in San Juan. I didn't know I was in a cruise. I mean, mentally, I probably was. Mentally, I was in San Juan. <laughs> mentally, I was there. You're 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 a hundred percent right. No, dude, it was a great. It was so Ricky. Were you this show? Everyone wants to know. Were you at Disney yeah. this whole time? Like, what what have you been doing? Where have you been? That was the speculation. Nothing. I mean, uh, betting is not <laughs> betting is now legal in New York State. It really is, and is? and okay. th- yeah, all these different betting lines came out. And for HR talk, the one was Ricky was at Disney the whole time. He was in San Juan as spotted. He was on a cruise, or we don't know. I'm leaning towards <laughs> it was we don't know. Well, you're about to know because I was at a. Did I go to Disney a couple of times? Yeah. Did I go on a cruise? I wish. Was I spotted at San Juan? I mean, I may have been spotted at a restaurant called Old San Juan off of 436 right here by the airport in Orlando. That's as close to Puerto Rico as I got this past holiday season. That's about it. 
But uh, no, I didn't do anything. I mean, I was at Disney last night. I mean, if people were were uh, figuring out where I was up until last night, yeah, surprise, surprise, that's where I was. But uh, no, I just took some really much needed time off, man, and it felt great. It really did feel good. That's all I did. Well, it's good to feel yourself the way you did. That's good stuff. <laughs> And, you know, talking about feeling things, there's a lot of stuff that's being felt across the country right now. And one of the first topics that we have for you today is going to be talking about the OSHA vaccine mandate. A little bit later on, we are going to dissect the Antonio Brown saga. We all know exactly what happened there. And then, of course, the U.S. jobs report came out. Department of Labor had their release. A lot of big things there as well. As always, we have our TikTok segment coming up and our current events to round things out for the end of the day. And I actually do have a surprise for you in current events. We have an amazing story out of the state of Florida that I think everyone is going to be enamored by the the wholesomeness and uh, the deep-seated concern that was put on the table in that one. But before we get to all that, feel free to skip around the program if you desire. We're going to try to do it in 60 minutes. However... There's quite the possibility the show could be three hours. So just hang in there. Okay. <laughs> so uh, 60 minutes or three hours. Whatever. That's right. So uh, the Supreme Court considered this week whether or not it should block enforcement of the Biden administration's COVID-19 vaccination rule for private employers until many of the legal challenges uh, that the policy are resolved. So most justices seemed inclined to think that the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, otherwise known as OSHA, had overstepped its statutory authority by demanding that companies with 100 or more employees require them to be vaccinated or wear face maskings or submit to weekly testing. Chief Justice John Roberts noted that the Biden administration has imposed a series of vaccine mandates covering federal employees, federal contractors, and healthcare workers, as well as companies subject to OSHA's rule. Quote, it seems to me that the government is trying to work across the waterfront, Roberts said. It sounds like the sort of thing that states will be responding to or should be, or that Congress should be, end quote. With a lot of the online analysis, uh, most people are leaning towards the thought that this may not be going through based off of uh, some of the quotes that are out there. But we are curious. Ricky, what's your take on all this? Now, at first glance, a headache from hell, JC. This is such an HR headache. It's not even funny. Now, I'm going to share Ricky's opinion. And Wait, Ricky's what do you opinion. mean? What do you mean? Why is it an HR headache? I mean, you already fired everyone you had to in, in November, and that's why there's so many lost jobs. <laughs> no. You forced no. them to quit well, or get a vaccine. So well, what's let left? Let me let you know. Okay. Let me let you know why oh, it's rehiring people, right? Or recruit. Oh, go ahead. Dude, no, look, it, it's a, it really is a headache, especially if you're in Florida. So this is an HR headache because it really is an HR nightmare to manage. Not, not only manage, just, you, to, well, yeah, manage, just making sure who's got the vaccine, who doesn't have the, uh, the vaccine. You got some business owners who are for it, some that are not. Now, that's speaking at the federal level. So in, in, in September, the Biden administration says this is going to happen. In November, the uh, the uh, OSHA organization actually had the policy. They put it in the federal register. And then we had some dates that we needed to comply by as um, as private employers who have 100 or more employees. Then the sixth district, I think the yeah, out of the court out of Louisiana, they said, nah, sorry, we're going to put a stay on this. Everything stopped. Everything was on hold. 
organizations didn't know what to do, especially in Florida, because in Florida, not to confuse things a little bit more, uh, the governor here in Florida put a bill in place that says we will not um, – Private organizations will not impose a vaccine mandate. God, I can't even speak. Mandate without putting five exemptions first, and so wait a he's second. Putting the employers in the middle. A, a vaccine mandate or a vaccine mandate? I don't know. <laughs> I was just saying. I have not I'm had my coffee. For a, a vaccine mandate. <laughs> I think mandate. a vaccine mandate sounds a little more fun. <laughs> Hey, where are you That's going? That's the name of the show right now. <laughs> let's let's take a slow ride to a popka <laughs> in my van. Come on, Maxine. Maxine Van Dates. That's the name of the show right now. That's the name so of this episode. you said he put Bill in place. What's Bill's last name? A Bill. Oh, right. I thought you had like one guy named Bill. That's fine. Uh, I'm sure a Bill wrote it. There's there's been a lot on the LinkedIn. If if you do have the opportunity to grab the LinkedIn real quick, you could pretty much go anytime to find some of the employment labor lawyers that are very popular in the southeastern United States making very specific comment about some of the OSHA mandates. I got to give big credit out there. Uh, to the private sector business partners like employment labor attorneys that are staying on top of things, keeping people informed. It's always good to see that even though someone may not be necessarily on retainer, that they're doing their part to help, you know, decipher things and spread word. With a lot of these bills, there's so much language. And ultimately, at the end of the day, when it comes down to making a decision on your part, from from your perspective, where you sit and and where you sit may even be part of that C-suite or on that table, even if it's virtually, Coming to the table with more knowledge and, and a greater understanding of the way that these things are, are deciphered and picked apart is instrumental. It really is. You talk about Florida, Rick, and you talk about some of the things you're facing there. But for the HR professional that might be reaching across state lines, that might have offices yeah. in multiple states, what do you think are some of their considerations right now? Well, it, it's uh, it's definitely easier for organizations that live outside of Florida. The only thing they have to worry about is just the federal OSHA um, regulation. But if you have a rather large organization when you have an employee presence in Florida and outside of Florida, actually, Tennessee is also a state that has their own state, uh, state regulation in Texas as well. Um, it really makes it difficult because now you're going to have different policies addressing the, the lack of language when it comes to uh, to state statute in any organization and how those two things go together, right? So now I can't speak for Texas or Tennessee, but I'm going to speak about Florida where it directly contradicts what the federal mandate says, right? Uh, because federal mandate says if, uh, if, uh, if nobody's vaccinated or they're not doing the testing or the PPEs, uh, it, it's I got to take a deeper dive into that language. We can impose some kind of discipline for people who don't comply, quote unquote, Whereas the state of Florida says nobody is going to be let go from their their place of employment um, because of their their vaccination status, because you got to give them those five options first. There, so there, that tells there was, me it, there was something in this article right here, and it, it bleeds directly into what you're talking about. Uh, that that paragraph right there above the photo, it talks about 84 million people, how the OSHA rule applies. What's that read as? Could you pop that out real quick and read that for us as a quote? I'm looking I'm looking for it right now. Hold on a second. So it says, yeah, last paragraph right there, right where your cursor is, it says OSHA's rule, which applies to 84 million employees, two-thirds of the workforce across many different industries, and some two million workplaces certainly seems to qualify as such a decision. So Justice uh, Barrett 
Is that Justice? But I I can't read it from there. What what else does yeah, it I'm say? Yeah, trying to read it. Yeah, Justice uh, Brett Kavanaugh suggested that the case that the case involves broad but arguably cryptic language, making the major questions doctrine relevant. If there is any ambiguity, Gorsuch w- uh, wondered why isn't a major question that therefore belongs to the people's representatives in the states and in the halls of Congress. So what he's saying is. OSHA is overstepping. This should be left to the individual states, which, to be quite honest, I actually agree with him. Right. I agree it should be left to the individual states. Well, if you take a look at what Chief Justice Roberts put out there about it, uh, you know, is it is it a possible overreach? Should this be dealt with in Congress? I mean, he specifically brought that up. It's it's interesting to see this now in the uh, in the halls of the Supreme Court. Congress has had the opportunity to come to the table to take action and do some things, but we all know how politics go, and we're not going to dissect politics on this show yeah. by any yeah. stretch of the imagination. But it is, it is refreshing to hear that they're leaning towards keeping the power in the hands of the people in the in the states' yep. rights issues, and then, hey, Congress, if, if you really are looking to do something like this, then... Head down that path instead of through a particular agency seems to be the way that they're leaning, right? It is. It is leaning that way. Now, that's for the private um, uh, mandate. There's also the uh, the, uh, uh, the the one for healthcare workers, which they're saying that's that they're leaning more to keeping that more in place because of the nature of their job versus private employers. But private employers, it is going to affect 84 million employees who potentially are going to say goodbye if there is a mandate in place, and that's going to hurt the economy. Well, you know what's real interesting about the healthcare thing is that uh, there were some news articles this past week out of specifically, I'm going to say Rhode Island. I okay. have family up there. There's been stories that have been shared with me. I've actually had family in hospital for quite some time, and they're, they're doing much better. They're not there anymore right now. But in the fall, many of those healthcare workers had tough decisions to make, and then now they're actually at the point where they're encouraging people to go back to work, even if they have COVID, to help <laughs> to help out in the hospitals or wherever they may be. So it's it's a weird dichotomy. Uh, how how can you have it both ways? It's it's really really strange strange times. You know what's happening, bro? It's it's here's what's happening. Um, nobody. Nobody in this modern era has ever gone through something like this before, before 2020. Obviously, you can't count the Spanish flu. But in the modern era, um, well, nobody has di- gone through it. Don't discriminate. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if it's what its ethnicity <laughs> is, Rick. Okay? <laughs> Got it. So, like, the flu from a Spanish nature a bunch of years ago. Would that help? Thank you. No, it doesn't help anymore. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Um, so, I think oh, it, it's, I know. What were yeah. the preferred pronouns of the flu back then? If I may. No, it's uh, okay. Please continue. That's a whole other show. <laughs> that's a whole other show. Go ahead. Um, it's, it's people are freaking out all the way from the government on down, right? So you got the CDC putting stuff out there that one time is 14 days. Another time you need to isolate for 10 days. Now you're going to isolate for five days. I mean, it's, it's, I'm anticipating next week I'm going to hear that, hey, look, if you, you got COVID, just don't isolate. Just take some Flintstone gummies and you're good. Right. It, it, it's a, it's just it's it sounds so wishy washy. Now, here's the thing. Um, nobody has a playbook to to uh, to take notes from. So we're building this playbook, a playbook as we go along. So, yes, there's a lot of questions out there. There's a lot of organizations that are throwing all kinds of advice here and there. And look, I'm a big proponent of the people making the choice for themselves. At the same time, I'm a big proponent for organizations, businesses to make the choice for themselves. If they choose to say, hey. 
I want to uh, to uh, um, have all of my employees vaccinated, let them do it. And if the employees want to go to work there or not, that's up to them. But I'd rather have the businesses decide for themselves um, and the employees decide for themselves of what they want to do instead of the government stepping in and saying, here's what you got to do. Now, Ricky, we do have a very important CDC update uh, that was released this past week. If you could, please go over to your TikToks on January 7th at 120 uh, p.m. There was a link that was sent to the HR talk team from a invested and, and well-established associate producer. I want to thank them very much for bringing this forward. Uh, there's no title on it, so it's just January 7th at 1.20 p.m. If you could find that one, it's the first one of the day that day that came in. It's, it's very important, and it has a great CDC update for you. And some of the words that are in there are going to be extremely critical when we think about the workforce. Go ahead, Rick. All right, here we go. coming out of the CDC just moments ago regarding a new vaccine provider. The scientists over at Middleton Elementary School have come up with a vaccine that requires no chemical compounds, and I'm going to break down the complex science for you right here. They just went with a simple circle, circle, (laughs) dot, dot approach to the vaccine. Unbelievable. This is groundbreaking. Guys. This is from Bold Fam on TikTok. (laughs) It's it's groundbreaking. This is the... uh, this is the guy on TikTok who was actually at Enterprise Rent-A-Car, answered the phone and pretended like he worked there and started helping people because there was no one at the desk. And then, uh, <laughs> right? yeah, 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 yeah. They, they should have, re- they really should have hired him. So yeah, he came out with that uh, recent update. That's, that's some very interesting. I don't know if that's really from the CDC, but it really gets you thinking. Circle, circle. It dot, really dot. does. Circle, circle, dot, dot. You know what? That is, uh, I'm going to write that down next time. I'm, next time I'm in a restaurant. And then somebody says, are you vaccinated? I'm like, ah, sorry, circle, circle, dot, dot. And they'll know exactly so, what I mean. So what's your, what's your future plans here? What, what are you thinking from the HR end of things when it comes to the Supreme Court rulings? Are, are we, I mean, as of right now, we're, of course, just standing by waiting to hear what their final word is going to be. But in the meantime, do you fire your entire workforce because they, no. they hate you for telling them that they have to do X, Y, Z? Um, do you force them to wear masks on Zoom at home? Or threat, threaten, <laughs> you know, them being let go? Do you mandate? What, what do you do, Rick? Here's, here's what HR people need to do. Um, so right now, as and, of and by the, the way, 10th, by the way, part of what I said about the masks at home over Zoom, ladies and gentlemen, that was a real thing. We addressed that heard last that. year. It was the yeah. state of Minnesota had that in place. It was a whole thing. Just real funny. Google I, that. I if didn't you hear want. that. Rick, yeah. I'm sorry for interrupting. Go ahead. You're good, brother. So no, it, it's uh, so what HR people need to do right now. Uh, today is the ninth, so the tenth by January tenth, all private businesses with a hundred employees or more nationwide need to have a policy in place about PPEs and masks, as well as um, uh, start tracking who is vaccinated, who is not vaccinated. Um, now the testing portion of the OSHA um, ETS. It's not going to it's not going to be enforced until February 9th. So by now we have to follow everything under ETS under the OSHA ETS as of January 10th, with the exception of the testing protocols that need to be in place by February 9th. Now, hopefully, the with the Supreme Court hearing oral, oral arguments about this, uh, in seeing how some of the justices are leaning, I'm um, fully anticipating that that the uh, it's going to be placed on hold 
um, with the exception of the medical portion of it. But right now, the only thing organizations need to do is just have the policies in place, make sure you start collecting data and information, and just to be ready, just in case this thing goes the other way, and by February 9th, this thing is full-blown. Just one more thing, JC. A lot of people, pe- a lot of things, people, a lot of things people don't understand about this uh, this whole mandate is an ETS emergency emergency temporary standard. This is not for good. This is only for six months until something worse happens and they decide to extend it. So this is only temporary. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully, the Supreme Court says this is an overreach with the exception of, of the medical portion, and the states will decide. Ladies and gentlemen, when it's game time, it's pain time. We'll see what the Supreme Court has to say. Oh, but in the meantime, <laughs> in other news, going around the globe, we all saw him run off the sidelines, ripped off his clothes, his jersey on the ground, I did not do that. his pads underneath it, Antonio Brown during the Jets game walked away. A lot of people had knee-jerk reactions. A lot of people had visceral thoughts. They thought that he was a jerk with a J. <laughs> Lo and behold, there was more to the story. And that's what we have for you coming up right now, our Antonio Brown segment. Going around the world here and around uh, our, our news stories and things that we talk about, uh, we're starting to structure the show a little bit more for you. People said we were a, a rowdy circus that couldn't be controlled previously. And to that, like that, all you other HR programs that are out there, podcasts, we understand how bad you suck. Trust me. Ah! We've, we've tuned in. We've listened to you, uh, especially on our breaks. I mean, big shout out to some of the other ones out there. You talk about yeah. some amazing things. You have great guests. You have great intent. But when, when you throw blows, it's coming back at you. And trust me, your show is terrible. Boom. That's all. So oh, Antonio Brown. Uh, he did say Wednesday, Ricky, that he was suffering from a serious ankle injury and he was unable to reenter the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game Sunday in East Rutherford, New Jersey, against the New Jersey Jets. The wide receiver discarded his jersey on the sideline and left the field shirtless, jumping in the air, ecstatic, bringing attention to himself only after being told that he was done with the team. Mm-hmm. Quote, I did not quit, Brown said in a lengthy statement issued through his attorney. I was cut. I didn't walk away from my brothers. I was thrown out. Being fired on the sideline for having a painful injury was bad enough. Then came their spin. The coach denied on national TV that he knew about my ankle. That's 100% inaccurate. Not only did he know I missed several games with the injury, he and I exchanged texts, message, uh, texts, texts, days before the game where he clearly acknowledged my injury. So now there's recorded proof, too. Brown said he will undergo, and and that's communicating with your employer effectively, by the way. Mm -hmm. Brown said he will undergo surgery on the ankle. He did not refer to the Buccaneers coach Bruce Arians by name, but appeared to chronicle a sideline verbal dispute with Arians during Sunday's game that led to Brown's exit. Now, initially, when we saw this, a lot of people jumped and rushed to judgment right away. Ricky, you were one of those. I was? Because all I said, all I said was, this is not how you quit a job. All right. Okay. Fair point. Regardless of what happened. I retract. I retract. Okay. Okay, Go ahead. So you wanted to make an example out of him, though, for what he did, though, right? Absolutely. Because regardless of what happened between you. So let's say this was an actual employee at any regular organization, right? And you had a disagreement with your boss, right? 
you're in a meeting with your boss. You're on your one-on-one. Your boss says, I want you to come in on such and such day. The person says, I'm sorry, my leg hurts or I already have an appointment, right? And that appointment, let's say that appointment was previously approved and now the boss is saying no, right? So you guys have a dispute in the boss's office. Now you get pissed, you get upset, you run out of, of your boss's office and you start running down the call center, running down the floor where everybody's working, start doing jumping jacks, disrupting the workforce, start stripping in the, in, in the cafeteria. Nothing that happened in the boss's office to justify actions like that. Now, I'm not even Apples mentioning Apples and no. oranges. No, but still, how do you act like that? Come, I'm going okay, to me, how. I'm gonna tell you how, yeah. and, and I commend him for doing it. And I truly believe that he still has a future in the NFL, and here's why. A lot of people disagree with me on this one, but let's let's take this and, and let's see where we wind up together, okay? Um, he's known for being flamboyant and, and being a rebel rouser. It, they, they, there was a lot of talk about him coming to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as being the employee that's going to cause problems. Mm-hmm. And when he came on staff from that day forward, he was actually pretty rock solid. Him and Brady had a good thing going. I, I believe he actually maybe even lived with Brady for a little bit of time when he first went down there and kind of matriculated into the uh, atmosphere of the team, further ingraining himself into the culture. Now, the culture is one thing. <clears throat> Who runs the team? Who's in charge of the team? Who's in charge of the culture? It's interesting when we're talking about football because sometimes your quarterback is the one who's really in charge, right? I'm sure that if you went up and asked Tom Brady, if you had the opportunity to do so, that he would probably fully support what Brown's talking about. He's been out of the news. He's not talking about it. He knows who's buttering his bread. It was the coach's choice and the coaching staff's choice to do what they did that day. But they did it with leverage. They did it to the point where they know that during the game, they're telling him, if you don't go out there, you're cut from the team. You're gone. Get out of here. They're telling him these things. They're literally using their words coming out of their mouth to say this to the guy. What else do you want him to do? You're pushing him to the breaking point, right? So this guy, maybe he shouldn't have done it, right? But guess what? He did. He took his pads off and left it there. It's not that he was stripping for the sake of stripping. He definitely raised a spotlight on his situation as he left the field and was being fired from the team that day on the spot. So, of course, you have to say to yourself in that moment, what the heck is going on? Because, let's let's be honest, at the end of the day, these players are also their own advocates, aside from their their uh, uh, talent managers or, or representatives that are helping negotiate their contracts. It was genius what he did. Everyone thought that he would be the guy to snap out of form and do this, and he's losing his mind, and he needs mental health, blah, 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 blah. You know what? He raised a red flag. He put the spotlight on the situation, and there was something unfair taking place there. And all he's trying to do on his way out the door is say, hey, there's a problem over here. I love you guys, but I'm out. They 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 fired me. Now, he can't talk to a crowd of 80,000 people on his way walking mm-hmm. out of the stadium, so all you could do is physically see that. But you know what happened in the days that followed? Everybody was talking about it. Everyone was talking about it. It was a masterful media spin move. He had his lawyers ready with the statement. It came out appropriately. He's got the statutory proof behind everything supporting what transpired. So it's twofold. Yes, it's a bad example of what to do in the workforce. Don't do that. If if you're having a problem and your boss calls you in the office, don't rip your clothes off, run down the halls and scream, right? But at the same time, it's also masterful from the perspective of the type of work he does in raising the spotlight 
on on the negative things that were happening to him at the time? So, a couple of things to say about that. Well, your heavy size said it all. I hear what you're saying as far <laughs> as him putting a spotlight on everything. He's got to do it. Let me. He's got to do it in the same way that they do it for contract negotiations, right? You're going to perform and outshine everyone. You give a big press conference. You even sit down and you'll say, you know, I'm only here so I won't get fined. You do whatever you got to do. You're making money, <laughs> baby. It. You're making money. What was that movie? The money movie. The football movie. You know who I'm talking about. Show me the money. Show me the money. Show me the money. Show me the money. I'm I'm not buying it, and here's why. I'm not buying You're it. You're not from buying his press he, release? I'm not buying anything he's saying. I'm not. <gasps> because he has a history even from his of, lawyers. Of that <laughs> really? Yeah. Really? The lawyers really? are getting paid an insane amount of money per hour. And the lawyer have a responsibility to reasonably believe what their client is saying. Okay, okay, so wait a second though. The quote is I didn't quit, I was cut, I didn't walk away from my brothers, I was thrown out, end quote. No, no, I'm not you don't I'm not arguing that, that piece. Okay. No, 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 I'm not arguing that piece. The piece I'm arguing, I'm gonna give you in chronological order how I responded to this on social media with this issue. As soon as I saw that happen, live, mind you. I was actually watching that game. Terrible so game to watch. So he decides to leave. Yeah, Stop watching it, it those games. Well, Start watching the Buffalo Bills instead. I don't think so. Tom Brady pulled out nicely in that game. He did an awesome job um, in the fourth quarter oh, to pull out that he's win. He's known for that. He's really good. Yeah. Anywhere he goes, it's not all Bill Belichick. No, he it's pulls. Yeah, he pulls yeah. it out all the time. So, so anyway, um, when I first saw this, the first thing I said, that's not how you quit a job, regardless of what happened on the sidelines. Then he said, the coach wanted me to go in with an injured ankle. And then I'm like, well, you, you were jumping, jacking all the way into the uh, tunnel, but okay, fine, whatever. It's different to, to dart off off of the uh, scrimmage line and then just to do a couple of uh, side strata hops. I get it fine. Okay, but wait, 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 wait. That aligns with I was thrown out. Being fired on the sideline for having a painful injury was no, bad I'm enough. Getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there, right? So then, so, so then he did that. Then he comes out and says, no, I was thrown out because the coach said either you go in or get out of the team or get out the field, something like that. And he decided to, okay, go. So he took what the coach said, literally, right? And he made a spectacle out of it. So, then so he if, said, if you're a leader, be careful what you say. True. Well, I, I get it. Then he said, uh, no, the coach knew I had an ankle injury. And I got text messages to, to prove it. I'm okay, release them. I want to see those, those text messages. So then he released some text messages that to me, brother man, are sketchy. Here's why. Here's why. Now I'm giving you the HR perspective. I cannot tell you how many times I've had an employee come to my office to tell me that their boss is sexually harassing them via text messages and they show me those text messages. So what I say is, can, can, can I see your phone? Let me see the phone. And it says from whatever employer, boss, to whatever employee. And I hit that little settings icon to see what are those phone numbers, and I cross-reference those phone numbers. Because I have seen some situations where people will make up fake accounts, fake num numbers with their friend, and name them whatever they want to name them to create whatever text messages they want to be seen. Now, I saw that. I saw that, that, uh, that, uh, that, 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 those text messages that he put out. And at first, I'm like, oh, okay. So it is true. The coach didn't know about it. This is messed up on the coach. And then my cynical HR side came out. I want to see those phone numbers. Of course, he's not going to put that out there for everybody to see. But how do I know he's not doing that? He's been known to be a troublemaker. 
He has that history. Had Antonio Brown not had that history <laughs> with the other teams, I would have been like, you know what? That coaching staff you're, is you're messed put, up. You're putting a lot of stock into that coach, into that leader, because if you think about it, he was he was before Tom Brady came to that team. Who was he? He was just a coach. <laughs> so who's the real leader of the team? No, no. I get so, what you're so saying. I, I guess what I'm getting at is I understand that, like, from the HR end of things, that that no matter what, at the end of the day, from the HR mindset, you are always probably going to wind up siding with the employer. And it's going to be no. hard to relate with the employee. I get it. Not necessarily. But there's no, hearts and minds out there. You hear what I said. And it's okay to support the cause. What I said But was, you can't fire Jesse. the whole team. And what I said was, is that I'm spitting had it. he not hang on, has me, his... Hang on, let me text myself all this with your name on it. No, it's, it's, it's a lot to assume. It's a lot to put on the guy. It to happens, say, bro. But to say, to say in this particular situation, anything could happen. And of course that happens. You know what also happens? People get picked up by UFOs and re- no, no, reappear days later and really they were just drunk. You know what I mean? It's like anything is, is happens. Anything happens. <laughs> I'm not walking Watch. right. Anything could he's happen. Listen, he's listening to the show, and he's going to use that excuse for listen, next week. I was I'm picked a, up by no, UFO. I'm going to tell you something right now. <laughs> if if there's any teams out there willing to pick him up, I'd pick him up in a heartbeat. He's a superstar. He's worth the money. He's he's a great player. He's a good person. He's just with bad leadership. And sometimes, even though you might have a great leader on the floor, if the leaders that are in the C-suite aren't doing their job, or if it's stuck in the middle, if there's a middle manager, okay, so the football team, the C-suite, the, t- the top level, the, t- the big dog, the guy that's running the whole thing, probably a good dude. You got the players. You got Tom Brady down on the bottom. He's leading that whole charge there. Yeah, he's really awesome. Great things going on. You got this coach in the middle. Yeah, uh, what's he known for? Yeah, he's been around. Yeah. I I I would I would not be shocked if that coach is fired at the end of the season for the antics associated with this. That's all. So you're saying it's poor leadership. So it was poor leadership when he acted out in the Raiders. Was the poor leadership when he acted out with New England? So now that's an employer taking advantage of an employee's history. They knew what they were getting when they brought him on, and they pushed him to the breaking point of him jumping around. Right? I don't know. The guy's doing what is he's got to do is? for his livelihood. I don't know. You you have there's a bunch of other guys in the field who do what they need to do for the livelihood and they're not doing that. And they embarrass the entire team. And when they're injured, they're allowed to sit. I don't know what to say. You know, we weren't there that day, but I think there's something credible to to lean on here. It's going to be interesting to see when this goes to court. Actually, I'll say this. I'll say this. Um, Regardless of what the coach said or so, if the coach really did do that and is trying to push him to the brinks, then boohoo on the coach and that coach should be fired. I agree with you one hundred percent. All I'm saying is, is as an employee, as an athlete, as even more so as somebody that kids look up to because he is on that spotlight. That's not how you should be. Yeah, acting. raise the spotlight when there's injustice. Make sure that people understand that um, you know there's more to the story, <laughs> and that you know at the end of the day, you you you're the only one taking care of yourself when you're being treated poorly. I suppose. I would love to believe. I would love to. Now hold on. I would love to believe that he's done. Nobody else is going to pick him up. But unfortunately, we live in the country that attention equals 
dollars. So you may have another team that may need somebody of his caliber and also may need a couple of more ratings when they play, and they may actually pick them up for their own reasons, but they may actually pick them up. So I agree with you. I think another team is going to pick him up, albeit for the wrong reasons. For our team over in Tampa Bay, if you need a new human resource director, call Ricky. He'll stand up for your organization <laughs> all day. Ah, uh, coach, if, I better see those and, text messages. And we know you're, li- we know you're listening. So, no, I will see those text messages, coach. And if you knew that, you're gonna get written up. You're gonna get written up. Why are you gonna put them out there? Right. The, so they're both wrong if that's the case. The U.S. Department of Labor came out with their jobs report, and there were some amazing things released yeah, within there. Amazing. Let's take a look at that jobs report, ladies and gentlemen. On Tuesday, uh, the U.S. Department of Labor released its job openings and labor turnover summary, the JOLTS. It revealed that the number of resignations reached 4.5 million in November. The number increased from 370,000, matching September's quit rates at a record high of 3%, indicating that the great resignation is showing is is not. It is definitely not showing signs of stopping. Whether or not people uh, were forced to resign due to vaccine mandates, that's not mm. anything that they talk about within this. But whatever, it's fine. Moving forward from that, the great resignation shows no sign of abating with quits hitting that new record. The question is why? And the answers are for starkly different reasons. Robert Frick, corporate economist at Navy Federal Credit Union, told CNBC this past week, quote, COVID-19 burnout and fear are continuing, but also many Americans have the confidence to quit even uh, to quit given the high level of job openings and rising pay. The accommodation and food services led to the high quit numbers, reporting 159,000 increase. The healthcare and social assistance and transportation warehousing sectors also noticed increases. Job vacancies, on the other hand, decreased from 10.6 million, uh, decreased to 10.6 million from 11 million in October. Now, Robert Reich published a great opinion piece in light of the jobs report through The Guardian. And the title of the article is the U.S. Jobs Report was a warning sign even before the Omicron surge. This does connect together with the Jolts report that came out this past week as well. Feel free to stop by the Guardian website and and, uh, check out his piece there. Here's Here's a quick snippet from it. He does say... The Friday jobs report from the Department of Labor is a warning sign about the U.S. economy. There is widespread concern about the Fed's plans to raise interest rates to control inflation. If there is an end to government support such as extended unemployment insurance and the child tax credit, it could have great impact on millions who are using these funds to help pay for life during this time. The Fed is focused on the fact that the average hourly wage has climbed 4.7% over the year. Central bankers believe those wage increases have been pushing up prices. They also believe the U.S. is nearing full employment, the maximum rate of employment possible without igniting even more inflation. As a result, the Fed is going to raise interest rates to slow the economy. Even though millions of former workers have yet to return to the job market, and even though job growth is slowing sharply, higher interest rates will cause more job losses, Slowing the economy will make it harder for workers to get real wage increases. This is from Robert Reich via The Guardian. 
The last piece here for you, Rick, across the Internet, analysis from the jobs report and from many industry professionals and considering the Jolt report as well, revealed that the latest numbers suggest continued uncertainty over the course of a U.S. economy that had begun rebounding strongly between waves of COVID disruption. The latest Omicron surge, which has disrupted transportation, office reopenings and hospitality, has shown that expectations of a smooth recovery are misplaced. Ricky Baez, over to you. I, I am not buying this number. I, well, you know what? I take it back. I am buying the number that 4.5 million people left their jobs. I want to see a breakdown of where they went. Let's say 30%, 30% of that 4.5 million decided to leave and start their own business or do gig work, right? Uber Eats, whatever the case may be. That means that 70% left to go somewhere else. So they filled other positions elsewhere, right? So I don't know if that says the, the, the full picture of what's happening. All this is saying is people are getting tired for whatever reason, whether it's wages, whether it's vaccines, whether it's being treated crappy by their boss, and they've, they've, they've got to fill other positions. So, yes, it's not like those jobs just disappeared. If anything, they gave, that gave opportunities for anybody else who was trying to get into those positions that were pre- previously filled to move up into those roles. So I want to see a little bit more about where these folks are going. And then now you're seeing the big resonation. I, I guarantee in about nine to ten months, you're going to see the big boomerang. Because people are going to soon realize that the grass isn't necessarily greener on the other side, and they're going to hopefully they didn't burn any bridges. They're going to come back to the positions that they had before. So yes, it's a big number. I just want to see a breakdown of where people went. That's what I want to see. That's right. When you're in HR, bring the proof, or just just leave the field shirtless. <laughs> Come on, dude. If you left your job like that, nobody's going to hire you. <laughs> nobody's. Well, maybe a TikTok will hire you. The next time you quit your job shirtless because you've been treated unfairly and the job market is spinning out of control with interest rates rising and the cost of gas crippling what you could do, just remember. Tesla. Just remember. While you drive around in your Tesla, you could watch TikTok and learn all the important things that you need to learn. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back for 2022 as we continue on with the world-famous TikTok segment. As you know, in the over year, that transition from 2021 to 2022, the ratings came out. Not only are we better than every HR podcast that's out there, but also TikTok is now the number one website on all the internet. That is true. It's more popular than Google's and the, and the Facebookings and all that. It's amazing. And it's from China. Ricky Baez, over to you. All right. This one is from Dog Trainer Official. I haven't even seen this one. Let's see what this was about. Does your dog bark when you leave the house? How do you crate train a dog with separation anxiety to go from this to this before you leave for work tomorrow? You're going to be shocked at how fast this works. So this dog's name is Blue, and he just came into our training facility today for a two-week board and train program. That's a little blue. The owner said that Blue is a total sweetheart when he's home alone with her. It's only when she leaves to go to work or run errands or hang out with her friends is when he starts barking and barking and barking, and he doesn't stop. 
So because this is his first day here, I wanted to make sure that crate training was a priority so that he has a nice calm night. I started by bringing Blue into the training room, putting him in a crate, and then leaving. Right now, I'm just standing on the other side of the door and I'm listening. I'm waiting for Blue to have a gap in his barking. Since I know that he won't stop, I'm just trying to find one or two seconds of, of a break in his barking before I come in. So if you look closely, you can see he takes a couple of deep breaths in between barking right there, one breath, two breaths. When I hear a gap, I walk in. It's the first step, but it helps to mark the desired behavior. I'm also learning at this very second that Blue doesn't know sit. He doesn't know the word sit. I'm trying to give him the hand gesture to sit, and then I try food lure to sit. He clearly doesn't know that, and we need to build his foundation, but first things first. So I'm going to repeat this over and over again. Blue needs to understand <laughs> that the thing that gets me back into the room is him being calm. If a dog barks or whines or howls to get attention and they get it, then that behavior is being reinforced. You also don't want to let a dog out when it's overexcited or overstimulated. You need it to calm down. You're creating a calmer state of mind in this crate. So all I do is I stand here and I wait until he gets tired of standing and he just sits on his own because we know he doesn't know the word sit. So I'm just waiting. When he does get fatigued and his butt plops, I say sit and then I let him out. I'm plop. trying to teach him that great things are going to happen to you when you're yeah. calm. The second he does that and the second he relaxes and sits, I let him out. We play for a little bit. I give him some treats and then I put him back in and repeat. So he's beginning to learn that, okay, this guy doesn't care about me when I'm barking. He only seems to give me attention when I'm calm. And it's in my best interest to be yeah, calm because when I do this, when I sit, he opens the crate, he releases me, and then we play for a few minutes. And here's where a breakthrough moment happened. I threw this treat to try to get him in the crate, but I missed. He grabbed the treat and then walked into the crate. He hasn't learned the word crate yet. He did that behavior because of all the repetition. And then when I leave, he plops his little butt down and waits patiently and calmly. This took about 25 minutes to get to this point, but he did it. And now he's just waiting like a pro. And we successfully taught blue patience. Does your dog bark? When so this is the, uh, the video from the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks training camp. <laughs> so what that is? <laughs> oh, man. Hey, that's... You know, a lot of people make fun of TikTok and a lot of people, you know, think that it's only for crazy dancing people. But that that was really, really interesting. It, it reminds me of some interesting things. We'll be talking about that coming up in a little bit. But first, ladies and gentlemen, our wait, TikTok. Wait, wait, hold on. We're not going to talk about the uh, the training? Let's talk about the training, though, right? Come on, dude! It's 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 relevant. It really is relevant. It, you Pattern know of repetition. Pattern of repetition. Pattern repetition and knowing what to – letting your trainee know exactly what is expected. That's it. That's what I want to so say. So you want to train your employees like dogs? Not train them like dogs, but to let them know exactly what is expected of you. Because you, if you as the leader do like not let that. your employees know what's expected of you, then how can you possibly monitor, it, it, it's, it's monitor their work and let them know if they're, if they're doing good or not if Ooh. they don't know what you expect out of them? Or, or to compound upon that, don't say that your door is always open. When it's not, just get a glass door. Yeah, always closed, but I can see. If it. if you are always available, be available. You know, and reframe that discussion as as you work with them. I suppose you know, it's good. I'm always available in spirit. <laughs> and in spirit, TikTok roundup continues with our second clip. Over to you. 
This is Alpha Motivation Zero. Jordan Peterson. Check it out. Oh, wait. Here we go. That I know I'm doing wrong. That I could fix. That I would fix. You meditate on that, you'll get an answer. And it won't be one you want. But it'll be the necessary one. Let's start over. If you want to know something about yourself, sit on your bed one night and say to yourself, what's one thing I'm doing wrong? That I know I'm doing wrong. That I could fix. That I would fix. You meditate on that, you'll get an answer. And it won't be one you want. But it'll be the necessary one. If you want to know something. So that's Dr. Jordan Peterson, Canadian psych- psychiatrist, clinical psychiatrist. Uh, I've been following him for years. Have you, JC? Great guy. Yeah. Do you guys have beers together too? Hi, D. We don't Anything have, like we that? We don't have beers together. No? no, we don't. Oh, okay. But I read his book. His book is really good. And is it more of this stuff, like sit on your bed and do things? Um, most of his lectures are, are a lot about self-reflection. Um, but his books, the 12 simple life, uh, the, the 12 simple rules of life is really, really, really good. Uh, but his, uh, his speeches, his stance on, on equity and equality are really, really, really good. And it, and it sparks a lot of debate. I love watching his, uh, his, uh, lectures online. He you is know, really, really down to earth. In regards to those simple rules of life, if you are fired, um, on the spot, don't stick around to the end of your shift. It means it's time to leave. That's right. That's right. And you walk out quietly without making a scene. <laughs> that's right. Unless you're in the NFL and you're your own advocate, but that's neither here nor there. Tampa Bay, give Ricky a call. He could help you. Yeah. All right. Do you have one more? I you do. Two more. Hold on. You tell me. No, no, I don't. I don't. That was it. That's the end of our TikTok segment, ladies and gentlemen. We do hope that you've enjoyed <laughs> that. It's been a blast, you know. TikTok segment, TikTok roundup. It's always a good time here on the no, HR wait, Talk can we, podcast. Can we, uh, can, can we talk about that advice that Dr. Peterson just just sent? Have you tried doing that? Have you meditated before or no? I, can't, I, I cannot uh, positively or negatively comment on that at this time. I appreciate the question, though. But, yes, I do hear that there's some <laughs> great benefits. So based on what he's saying, he said right there that if you – to, to, to really get to know yourself, really think about the one thing that you're doing wrong that you can fix and you will fix. So that implies that we go through life knowing we're doing things wrong, we're just not motivated enough to do something about it. <laughs> that, that, that in itself, dude, if you think about it, that will solve 99.9% of your problems that you can control. That's right. If you're motivated, just leave the field when you're fired. <laughs> Got it. Gracefully. Leave gracefully. Good Lord. <laughs> Fine. It is time for events. Current Events 2022 version here on the HR Talk Podcast. I'm JC. We're going to kick these off right away. Time is running short. Our first one is coming to us from Fox 13 in Tampa Bay. A man who paid former employees' final paycheck in pennies has been sued by the U.S. Department of Labor. Out of Peachtree City, Georgia, U.S. Department of Labor has filed a lawsuit against Peachtree City Auto Repair Shop owner who paid a former employee in pennies. Fox 5 reported March 2021 that a Fayetteville man was paid his final check in tens of thousands of pennies. This is my final paycheck, $915 in pennies. 
Andreas Flatin said. In March, he showed Fox 5 the wheelbarrow full with more than 91,000 pennies. He said the pennies were covered in oil or grease, so he had to clean them off one by one. On Wednesday, the U.S. Department of Labor announced a lawsuit against the former employer, Miles Walker, who owns an O.K. Walker Auto Works in Peachtree City. According to the complaint, Flayton contacted the Department of Labor January 2021 about not getting his final paycheck after resigning from the auto shop. The complaint alleges members of the Department of Labor Wage and Hour Division contacted Walker about the accusation. He informed the department he would not pay the final paycheck. The complaint then said Walker dumped the pennies on the employee's driveway after learning that he contacted the Department of Labor. According to the department, Walker's actions are retaliation. An employee has a right to understand what their rights are and to ensure that they're being paid properly and time and Anytime they inquire the employer, whether it be verbally or written or even contacting our office, that employee has a right to not be retaliated against or discriminated against. This is according to Stephen Salazar, U.S. District Director for the U.S. Department of Labor, Wage and Our Division. Stop by Fox 13 News or Google man who paid former employees final paycheck in pennies for more information on that story. Ricky Byers, over to you. I had a conversation with a colleague of mine about this very story about uh, uh, about Thursday or Wednesday or Thursday. So I, I find it funny that this is coming up now. So the this person said, who is a leader, has a lot of employees working for him. Um, he said, Ricky, but pennies is legal tender. And I'm like, yes, it is. But the legality of the tender is not what's in question here. What's in question here is the actions this person took as a response to the employee complaining to the Department of Labor. <laughs> That's why the, the, the Department of Labor is not suing this person because he paid him an illegal tender. The Department of Labor is suing this, per, this organization because they believe this person retaliated against a former employee for filing a complaint with the Department of Labor. There's a big difference. There's a big difference. Although it is legal tender, had this employer paid their previous employees, all their employees, in pennies before, then this, this employer will be treating this former employee – just like the other employees, but they're treating this person differently, and that's why they're being sued. And I mean, think about it. How how screwed up is that? You're gonna douse the uh, the uh, the pennies in oil, so it could be even more difficult for you to. This guy still cleaned it up. He probably spent more time cleaning up those pennies than he did to earn that money, which is messed up. So I'm glad the uh, Department of Labor is stepping in for that one. Whether or not we'll see the Department of Labor get involved with the Antonio Brown case is yet to be seen. From <laughs> News and Observer, written by Haley Fowler, there's a auto dealership that told a worker to stop taking their ADHD medication Oof. and then fired her. A former sales representative at a car dealership in Louisiana will get $100,000 from her one-time employer accused of firing her after roughly two months on the job. The woman had ADHD and was prescribed Adderall which she stated played a role in her firing. Honda of Covington agreed to pay the former employee back pay and damages after EEOC, a federal agency tasked with enforcing anti-discrimination laws in the workplace, filed a lawsuit on her behalf. The suit accused the dealership of discrimination against her in violation of the Americans with Disabilities Act. And uh, a lawyer for Honda of Covington and a representative with the dealership did not respond to McClatchy News' request for comment on January 7th. 
The EEOC pursued Honda of Covington in September of 2020. Covington is in eastern Louisiana, across from Lake Pontchartrain from New Orleans, and about 85 miles west of Biloxi. Honda of Covington requires the woman to take a drug test as a condition of her employment, which showed amphetamines in her system. The EEOC stated this in their filings, but a medical review officer confirmed that they were the result of her Adderall prescription, and she was cleared to start work. Two months later, the woman's husband got in a motorcycle accident. He had to be hospitalized, according to the lawsuit. Her boss subsequently said she looked emotional at work and told her to stop taking her medication. Oh, Lord. So, after all was said and done, she arrived for her next full day of shift without taking Adderall. According to the lawsuit, her boss pulled her aside that day and said she was acting weird, off, and unfocused. Asked her if she was taking her medication and then told her to take a drug test. The woman went to a clinic the same day, got tested. Just before, the EOC said the results came back positive. Of course they did. But it was too late. Of course. (laughs) It was too late. They used this to fire her, and the final results did, in fact, come back negative uh, because they actually weren't positive. And uh, it didn't matter. The woman's termination paperwork contributed to the decision of drug use. So the dealership denied many of the allegations outlined in the complaint before reaching a settlement in December, according to court documents. In addition to the $100,000 payment, Honda of Covington agreed to conduct training and revise its policies to comply with the ADA <laughs> and provide regular updates to the EEOC. A federal judge approved the agreement on January 4th. Whether or not she received a Honda Civic out of the deal is still <laughs> legend yet to be told. Ricky Baez, over to you. I'm sure that I'm sure that Honda dealership is regretting that decision. That's Man, Honda of Covington. Of Covington, got it. Honda of Covington. Man, great job. They, they, they so yeah. Let's so, talk about leadership again, right? <laughs> yeah. So this one. So let's talk about this one, right? So I want to know about the emotional piece, right? Because at the face of it, to tell somebody stop taking your medication. Or you're fired. That is an issue. You ha- you have to go deeper as an organization. So you can't talk about somebody's medication. You have any conversation you have with an employee. You've got to uh, 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 reel it back to the behavior, focusing on the behavior. This th- this leader, that organization is not a medical doctor. Now that I think of it's, they're not a medical doctor to be telling an employee take or not take any medication. So if this person has had an emotional breakdown at work, let's let's talk about what that breakdown did to the organization. Now, was she violent? Did she punch somebody in the face? Then address that. Address the behavior, not what she is or is not taking. That's what I think this organization messed up. They started addressing what they thought was the issue instead of addressing the behavior that was causing the disruption at work. And now they're in trouble because of it. Your last current event story right here. It's a very heartfelt one. Aww. It's coming to us from the state of Florida. A Florida corrections deputy alleged, uh, allegedly held a naked man at gunpoint, filmed him for hours and forced him to sign a $30,000 contract and threatened to send incriminating video to his family and church, according to an investigative report from the Orange County Sheriff's Office. What? The alleged incident happened in November when a 34-year-old man met up to have sex with a 19-year-old woman at a rental home in Orlando. A newly released 54-page report said the 19-year-old woman was part of the ploy to lure the man into an extortion scheme. 
The report stated that the 34-year-old was in the shower when the now former Orange County Sheriff's deputy emerged from behind the curtain and then pointed two semi-automatic pistols at the naked man and held him captive for three hours. According to the investigative report, the 34-year-old man told Orange County investigators that he he and the woman had been friends for about a year and that the woman was upset because he had given him uh, bad investment advice that led to him losing $2,000 when cryptocurrency uh, went the wrong way. So the report also said that videos on the woman's personal cell phone showed him pointing a gun at the man as he sat naked on the bed. Authorities said um, there were threats on the man's life multiple times. At one point, the man... He plans on killing him, cutting up his body, putting it in a garbage bag and throwing it in the ocean for the sharks to eat, according to the report. The 19-year-old woman was arrested last month and has pled guilty on charges of robbery with a firearm and conspiracy to commit extortion. Orlando, (laughs) Florida. No, dude. Hold on. Now, Sheriff, Sheriff Wayne, Wayne Ivy. Thank you. Thank you. Don't don't put that on Orlando. Sheriff Wayne Ivy <laughs> stated that he is disgusted by the alleged actions of the individual that have resulted in his arrest, <laughs> according to his news release uh, at the time of arrest. So the sheriff is Wait. definitely standing up for the area that right there. There's there's a no, whole he, lot going on in this extortion claim there, Ricky Buys. JC, how do you know this deputy wasn't injured and the sheriff wanted him to work that day? Cryptocurrency right? does is- crazy things. This is just him acting out to show a bigger problem with leadership. That's all it is. That's all it is. The guy should not have been fired. He should not have been arrested. So that's all he did. That is the end of our current event segment. We are over <laughs> on the one hour time. Do you want to adhere to it or do you want to do something fun? No, let's adhere to it. Then one hour. People got stuff to do, man. You got a game to go to. Final thoughts. I got a, over to you. Yeah. Final thoughts, man. Look, uh, 2022 is here. Uh, 2021 was uh, not as good as we wanted to be. But look, 2022, I'm serious about what I said earlier. Don't don't have too many high expectations. Just do the best you can with what you got. And just remember, the person to your left, the person to your right, you never know what kind of issues you're going through at home. Just be kind. I've been saying this shit all year, last year. So just be kind to each other and let's get through this year together. That's all I got to say, brother. Stop by hrtalkpodcast.com to reach the Ricky Baez co-website thing and then Maybe you'll find our feedback. There it is. By Esco. Uh, (laughs) You'll find Ricky and I returning to the conference room floor April 20th in uh, Cape Canaveral, Florida. (laughs) The Space Coast 2022-25th anniversary HR conference. It'll be my pleasure to emcee the event. And Ricky's just going to be there. Yep. (laughs) Doing HR talk stuff. That's it. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be trying all kinds of dishes that day. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, so he'll be sitting around. Stop by and say hi to him. He'll be there. And uh, should you desire, I started a brand new podcast while we were away. It's called Interesting Things with JC. Feel free to find us on all the major platforms and the minor ones. Interesting Things with JC is a great uh, little little tidbit to start your day. Ranges in duration from two to five minutes long. Nowhere near as threatening as a hour-long program like this where you really don't have time because you don't commute anymore. But it's okay. Continue to tune into HR Talk. Stay with us all week long. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, feel free to chime in on the social medias. Let us know how you're doing. And let us know if we're going to get to see you at Space Coast 2022, the 25th anniversary. Ladies and gentlemen, drive safe. Have a good night.
I want a taco.